Mick Sharkey joins Racing Pulse to preview the big races in Friday Form Focus. Uh, it is that time of the week, Friday Ooh. form focus. And if Mick Sharkey can tip the card here at Ascot, he may never Will happen. It is a big, big Friday edition. We'll look at the entire meeting at Caulfield and we'll cherry-pick the best of uh, the Ascot races because Mick Sharkey's been out and about. He's been at Have track been. work early this yes. morning, getting the local mail as the sun rises over this beautiful Ascot course. And Sharknado, how are Michael. you, mate? Great to see you in the West. Look, I've been pressing the floor this morning, I think it's fair to say. I've been out there getting around the uh, the trainers, the, the jockeys, everyone else, just trying to get some mail. Uh, I know you've got a, a slightly early exit on Saturday, but I'll, I'll be here ensuring that, uh, that our listeners have the very, very best of the local mail for well, Ascot tomorrow. For Damien Oliver, Gold Rush Day. Well, it's... Uh, and you're going to be on the verdict on Monday, and look, I, I do need Will to I? head back... <laughs> to Melbourne, unfortunately. Um, well, not f- unfortunately. We've got a, a family do on Sunday, so I'm leaving a bit. So I'm not actually going to be here when Ollie rides his last race, but I am looking forward to you being front and centre because they're, they're hopeful of eight to 10,000 here, and I love what the club has done by building it up to be the last race of yeah. the day, the Damien Oliver Gold Rush, and I know there's some pretty special... Um, festivities that they've got planned for after the last it's just going to be a huge party look you and i had an early meal last night down by the waterfront and it was interesting the conversation like as soon as you know you're talking to people at a bar or whatever and you're in racing and damien oliver's name came up repeatedly and in fact a couple from america said oh there's a good jockey retiring on the weekend so the, the racing and wagering western australia have done a fantastic job in promoting damien oliver's uh, farewell there are a lot of people with tomorrow circled on the calendar. It's it's the opportunity to farewell a legend. How often do we have that that chance in sport? I hope he goes out on top. And to have a name like the gold like the gold rush is was well, a group three. Named after you though with that prize money. Imagine he wins that. Imagine he sails off into the sunset on Munamek. <laughs> You know, with with the race in the bag, it's just it, it, it it's the fairy tale for all fairy tales. We're gonna potentially, a, we're going to have a chat to Ollie this morning just after eleven o'clock because I imagine it would be a very weird feeling for yeah, him right now. It's been absolutely, a, it's been a long spring carnival because every race meeting he went to in Melbourne over the spring, it was an Ollie farewell. Yeah, this is the last time he's riding at Caulfield, yeah. at Mooney Valley, at Flemington, and now it is the full stop of it all. He'd be sick of what the farewell has been, but that <laughs> is the, the the legacy that he leaves, that everyone wants to yeah. put on something for Damien Oliver. But it was fascinating when I had a chat to Darren, Darren Gauchy in yes. the studio on Tuesday, and he was talking about his final day at Caulfield. He wrote a winner on that final day. I think it was... Uh, what was it, two, 2002 or something like that? I'm, I can't recall. 2007 it might have been. And he said that his very last ride, he said when he crossed the line... Didn't want to stop. He didn't want to stop. I love that. He said, I love that. He goes, I didn't want to get off the horse. I just wanted the horse to keep it, running. You know what? I listened to that uh, conversation. It was replayed on the way to the airport in the wee hours of yesterday morning. And I just loved hearing... Gouch's emotion talking about that and I didn't want to stop I wanted to do another lap I just wanted to do five more laps that connection with the animal you know we forget sometimes 
you know, I, I think our well, not not personally, but I think we we've educated a, a generation of racing fans to be connected with the result of the race and the punt more so with the actual mm. sport, which I think is sad. And we need to do something about that. We need to reconnect them with the the human element, the human horse element, that connection. When you listen to Darren Gauchy talking to you in that interview about that last ride, I, I, I had hairs on end. You know, that not wanting it to end. Just just wanting that that moment to that that connection with that horse that couldn't remember specifically the horse but just that feeling and that's what it's all about and look what he's doing now you know educating our apprentices who arguably are the best crop of apprentices we've had in some time i hope damien oliver continues on in the sport in some way shape or form whether it's media or education or whatever it is uh because legends like him uh, uh, are not every day, uh, and we need to retain that skill set, that knowledge base, that that passion. We need it in the sport. I'm sure he will. And what you say about the the animal, the horse, the touch point—that's the starting point for everyone who is involved in racing. And where we are sitting right here at the oh, 1900 meter tower, isn't it? Uh, we're watching horses work right in front of us right now. We just went down to the, the, the racetrack cafe about an hour ago and all the young boys, all the young girls who are track work riders, um, they're doing it because they love the horse. They're doing it because they love the animal. And um, you see that from Pony Club. My daughter's involved in Pony Club and that's the, the gateway, the entrance. It's not, yeah. People don't get involved in racing from a jockey or trainer point of view because they see million-dollar races. It's because they love the animal. And I think that's where we get to see um, very, very clearly when you're at a racetrack like we are this morning, that touch point, which, as you say, I think we need to promote more and more in the sport. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. We're in a lucky position today. And, and look, a lot of our work, you get that sort of access. And we'll talk to people today that have been up since 3am and working horses and... Yeah, the results, the the end point, you know, win, lose, draw, whatever. But it's it's the work that goes into it that's so often unseen that we're so lucky to appreciate mornings like this as we watch another pair work work past us. Well, we're, we're so lucky to have you here because you haven't actually slept as well. No, so no that sleep. Is, that no is sleep till Brooklyn, as the Beastie Boys said. <laughs> we're going to do all of the form for Caulfield and also Ascot. And speaking of Caulfield, it was... Um, really good to see that they had a, a twilight meeting yesterday. Tim mm. Bailey's been a very busy man, the track manager. The rail was out 10 metres uh, last night uh, for the meeting, and it was a great day. I hope there was a bit of a crowd there as well. And he's uh, back at the Heath this morning preparing the track for tomorrow. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Um, thanks, Michael. Yourself? Very well, mate. How did the track come through last night's race meeting? Yeah, pulled up terrific. Well, we only had 67 horses go around on eight race cards, so that certainly helped. But, you know, yeah, the clean-up today is very quick. Um, we're actually not, we're not going, you know, traditionally what you do, you go after a race meeting, you go around, and, you know, put dirt and seed back in the divots or whatever, but there's actually virtually none of that to be done. Um, we do plugs, like you'd say, on a golf course green, you know, where they, oh, you know, where they, where they change the hole, so a similar thing we do there. Yeah, we're putting in about 58 plugs. Uh, to, for any sort of scuff marks in yesterday and really you, you can barely see where they're racing now. The boys have cleaned it up. We're putting on 10 millimeter derogation as we speak. Uh, we'll mow the track this afternoon and play on again tomorrow with the rail at 10 metres. What was the vibe like yesterday? Did you get a bit of a, an afternoon crowd? It was. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what the number. I was about to 
sort of head into the head office now and, and check on what the number. It looked a really good crowd on the lawn. Um, so, you know, as a, I know you guys are in, in Perth at the moment, but it was, wasn't a bad day here in Melbourne. It was 22 degrees and uh, quite sunny, so it was a, a nice afternoon to be here. I, I think, um, you know, Corfu is probably the perfect spot to have those twilights. What's the weather looking like today and tomorrow? Yeah, fine. 22 degrees. It's actually nice. Bit of, bit of cloud cover and uh, the full sun at the moment. Uh, 22 degrees, light wind. Tomorrow, uh, 21 degrees. I think mainly sunny, but a really strong westerly tomorrow, which is interesting. Uh, 25 to 35 kilometre westerly, so that could have an impact. That'll be hitting the horses running on the rail coming down the side from the 1200 to the 400. Okay, so I think you've kept the rail out 10 metres, is that right? Yeah, correct, yeah. Left it there. We've got Boxing Day, obviously, in like 10 days from tomorrow, uh, and that's going back into true. So, uh, as I said, there's absolutely minimal wear from yesterday. And, um, you know, plan, plan B was if, if, you know, we had a big rain tomorrow, wet track yesterday, we would have put the rail back in true, but there's certainly no need. Um, I thought the track race day well, pretty well yesterday, and so I think the race the same tomorrow. So with that wind and... Uh, the meeting yesterday. Do you think there'll be any um, any pattern tomorrow? I, I think it may it may be advantageous to be, you know, outside, you know, getting getting cover from that horse racing on the fence to be outside it. You know, you're coming down the side, you'll certainly get a bit of cover. Um, last time we had winds this strong, the westerly, it, it, it does, I think it sort of can make it also hard to make ground where you know the horse. Stick their nose out in the front straight if you get too far back, and it can be a little bit difficult running with that strong headwind to make significant ground. Uh, leave us with a good thing. Uh, I think Paddy Payne's in race, Kwong Tri in race four or five. I think it's ready to win. All right, let's have a look at the price for that one as well. Um, Kwong Tri tomorrow, which is in. Um, I think it's race four. You can get $11, so that's a nice little each way play. Yeah, maybe uh, you might be able to buy the wife a Christmas present out of that if it gets up. <laughs> don't, don't say that on air. Uh, <laughs> good luck tomorrow, Jim. Have a good one. No, thanks, guys. Tim Barty, the track manager there. So, Kwong Tri, race four, number three. I like that. $11, $2.80. Sharky, I'll get your thoughts on that race. Uh, we kick it off with the first at Caulfield tomorrow, and Gee, we've got a short price favourite here, Traffic Warden uh, yeah. from the Godolphin Stable. I love the form because I think the horse that beat him uh, on his first racetrack appearance in Sydney, Storm Boy, could be one of the best two-year-olds. Mm. Uh, he is the favourite for the Magic Millions. Traffic Warden hit the line well in that race and the stable have also scratched um, the other runner. So that gives maybe a little bit of an indication um, that they like this one. J Car rides two ten into a dollar seventy five. Others in the market. Uh, Little Stirrer, a first starter from the Hay Stable at four dollars and sixty cents. Centre Square at nine dollars. Uh, could be a big weekend for the Hayes team because Grace and Ben tie the knot this weekend. So ah, they'll be uh, no invite for you. Uh, You're not emceeing. Oh, Jackie emceeing in WA, so I couldn't make it. Up. Jackie's not emceeing. No, I think it's a very um, small affair, and they'll have oh, a only two hundred people. They'll have a party afterwards. So, okay. Um, good luck. To I, I can't believe you're not in the race. There's not a racing function where you and your wife aren't involved. <sighs> and it, I, I, I think that it'll be a family affair. Bigger and, urn over here for you. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> no, sadly, no. Uh, those days are over. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what the urn should be. Is it yes. Warden? Do we just well the dollar seventy five to set ourselves up? Oh, I think that Storm Boy form, as you as you point out, could be very, very good. Uh, closed off nicely behind that horse. Storm Boy was a class above in the market. Probably told us that leading into the race, didn't it? He's of the, of what we've seen so far. He is the testing material, but. Express Yourself, I thought, was really good as well in the Merson Cooper. First start behind Anissa, who we'd seen prior, running well with, with some promise and some good form on the board. I liked the way Express Yourself finished off there. Really good to see Amy and Ashiagi with a, a sharp two-year-old. Really good horse people, good people in general. Um, Got a feeling Lenny Russo might have bought this one for them. Does a lot of work for that for that stable, and they've got a nice horse on their hands. I think they're your two. Traffic Warden, express yourself from what we've seen. Of the debutantes, uh, Little Stirrer looked good in the only jump out that we've seen from her. And kicking off in town on a Saturday is a good indication of the level of ability I think the stable fancy she has. So I think they're your key three. Are you Small betting, field. Are you betting in the two-year-old? Oh, you know me. I, I, it takes a little bit for me to get excited about a two-year-old pre-Christmas. I know it's a day-to-date, right? But post-Christmas, I think we, we start to see a, a, a greater influx of two-year-olds across the board and more depth to the form. You start to see horses having two, three starts. You get a better idea of where they're at. That's my little circle point for, for having a bet on two-year-old racing. I, I'm, I'm very interested. I, lo- I love watching it, particularly these these horses having their first start. But it's a point of interest race for me rather than yeah. a betting race. It is tight. If you want to take a dollar seventy-five on a, it's on, too a short. on a two-year-old too in short. this unexposed form. Too short. Uh, taking it on. So, uh, Traffic Warden, the one to beat, if you do want to have a play in the first, maybe express yourself, is the each yeah, it's a nice horse play at $7 for Amy and Ash Yagi, the first at Caulfield tomorrow. Uh, race number two is only a small field as well. This is the 2400 metre race, but gee, there's plenty of hopes. Um, Alumbra Lad, who Looks like it's just ready to launch. Has uh, drawn gate four. It's a $3.10 favourite. Farrago, $4. Grand Piero, $4.60. Regal Power, who I thought ran well last start um, on an unsuitable track, mm. is at $5. Herman Hess at $8 as well. So, small field will be a tactical affair, Sharky, and there are a number of winner, uh, of uh, chances according to the market here. Who did you land on? Look, there's some future hurdlers in this race. Let's let's be blunt. I think uh, we'll see a few of these going over the sticks at Warrnambool in May, realistically. Uh, Alhambra Lad, three for three at the trip, and his runs beyond 2,400 metres have been really good as well. He just looks ready. It looks like a, a Patrick Payne target race, doesn't it? Which is a potentially a weird thing to say given it's a benchmark 100 handicap. But I think it's the sort of race that, that Patrick would have had right on the radar for a Lumber Lad, this preparation. 
Two runs in, 16, 2,000 metres have both been good. 61 and a half kegs last time. The horse stayed on well last week to Independent Road, I thought, particularly the last bit of his race. He wasn't going away. He was just probably lacking the turn of foot uh, at that distance. I think it's his race to lose. I'm struggling to see a genuine dynamic danger against him. You look through the prize money of this race, most of them are hovering around that 250000 mark, except, of course, Regal Power, who's got $4.5 million in the bank. He's, he's the horse that is, without doubt, the best horse in the race. I thought we saw a sniff of that in the Queen Elizabeth, and he just put a pen through the Ballarat Cup yeah. on that really heavy track. But He doesn't want a wet track. If he gets anywhere near... Like, a tenth of what he has done in his career. And I know he's an eight-year-old. Is he near it, though? He just wipes this field away. Is he near it, though? That's the question. Sometimes they become jaded. Sometimes they've had enough. I'm not saying that's the case with Regal Power. Uh, John Leake's a good horseman. He'll know. He'll have a good handle on the horse's vibrance for racing. To win this race by a space? Muramasa would start $1.50 in this race. Yeah, on a good track. Yeah. So he's been he has been beat nearly four lengths. Yeah, I know, but oh, I don't know. Put a put Alhambra lad in that race. Say let's let's call it third up. I think he's probably finishing in a similar position. I just feel like Alhambra lad's probably hitting the line a little stronger. And you you listen to Gator and Mark Hunter, like these career judges, right? They're proper judges. And and they yes, they lean on sectionals and data. They that's the that's the level of detail they go into. But those guys still say the same. You trust your eye. Trust your eye. You need to see a horse finishing off through the line. I think Alhambra Lad's doing that. I'm not sure Regal Power's doing that. Well, he, last campaign, showed that he's a winner. He strung a, a group of he did. of wins together, Alhambra Lad. So you'd have to say that if you're playing percentages, he's he's the more likely Absolutely. Um, horse that you want to back. So Alhambra Lad, $3.10, the horse to beat. Winner um, clock the danger. And which one? Winner clock. $13 chance. Mm-hmm. Maddie Williams. Yeah, he's the danger. Blinker's going on. Uh, Hamilton Cup win was good. Just got into a really awkward spot at Bendigo. And I think he can bounce back. All right, so it's a $13 chance, so there's a little value if you like to play each way in race number two there at Caulfield. We'll take race three before we have a break, and this is over 1,600 metres. Uh, in this race, we can take out six, eight and ten. Uh, the favourite here is foolproof, and I think this is a horse that we could follow in the future, Sharky. We know he's related to Ain't No Deal Done. Gee, I love the way he was so strong at the end of the race at mm. Mooney Valley. He's a $3.30 favourite. Uh, Isha from the Prushka stable looking for uh, four in a row is at $6. Mr Traficanti, $8. Um, Pichinan's also an $8 chance. Montatha at $6.50. And Piaggio is a $5 chance. So it's almost the story of the day. There's wider open races, but I don't know. I, I think this could be a, a horse of the future. He's only lightly raced four starts, but I like what he's been doing full, foolproof. Yeah, and the form around him is actually pretty good. You know, you go back to the winter months when he beat Sirius Black, and that horse has got some ability. Uh, I like, I like the way 
<clears throat> that foolproof is going through his grades. It was a dominant win at the Valley. Can't believe he was a dollar ninety-five out to two dollars thirty mm. on the day. Um, particularly with, I think he was a Mark Hunter best bet of the day. You know, particularly with the weight of knowledge behind him, it was an easy win. He has some uh, competition here from Aisha, who is, as you said, going through the grades at a at, at quite a rate. From a sixty-four at Ararat up two kegs to a 64 at Bendigo. Doesn't seem like a huge leap, but it was the way she won that race that sort of said to me, she's got some city-class ability. Paul Prisker's stable is going so well at the moment, and he's got another runner here on the day at, at Caulfield that I'm really keen to back. But I think, you know, Aisha is a, a worthy companion for that road trip, and she'll be in the finish for me, I'm backing foolproof to win. I, I think it's a confident bet, and I'm playing that exactor foolproof to beat Aisha with some confidence as well. I know it's not a headline act, this race, but really I think a lot of these are just going up and down in the one spot and probably needing a, a lesser benchmark 70 than, than what they've struck here to be able to get one out of the way. Daniel Bowman's horse, so she can fly, has good talent. Uh, he's produced her first up over a mile with success in the past. He's a good trainer, Daniel. He is not bringing this horse to a city Saturday race for fun. He doesn't waste his time. Um, you know, she's in the game so she can fly. Okay, so foolproof. I'm, I'm happy to play at 3.30. You're happy at that price? Yeah, I agree. Good yeah. bet. One of the better bets on the day? I think so. Yeah, look, just, just on the scale of upside and the fact that it's had a couple of runs back... Um, as I said, Aisha going well, so she can fly. We'll be winning Saturday races during the off-season. Uh, she's run into a good one here, I think. Yeah, it's a seven, as far as off-season racing goes. It's a $7.50 chance, so uh, she can fly. Uh, three races down at Caulfield. We'll take a break. It is coming up to half past nine. Um, really disappointing. Unfortunately, our SMS machine is still not working, so... Usually by this time we'd have a lot of abuse for Mick Sharky. Just text me direct. We need that because uh, Sharky deserves it today. He's a little bit <laughs> under the weather. Uh, just send us a direct uh, tweet. You can tweet us yeah, at yeah. rsn.net.au. Um, jump on the handle and if you've got any questions, any feedback for the Shark, we'll read that out after the break. Oh, what a superstar he was. The yep. grey Scalacci, one of Damien Oliver's first champions, winning the 1992 Newmarket Handicap. Of course, he did the clean sweep, the Newmarket, uh, the Lightning and the Oakley Plate. And there'd be a bit of uh, symmetry if Scalacci, the greyhound, who yeah. was named the owner... His favourite horse was Hariba, so he wanted to name a greyhound after Hariba, but it was already gone, so his oh. second favourite horse was Scalacci. He's named the greyhound Scalacci Talgi. I had a chat to him early in the week. He's got a, a pizza shop. Uh, he's a, a part-time shop. trainer. And if Scalacci could win the Phoenix Where's the pizza night, shop? Uh, Devon, Devon Heights or something Devon like that. Meadows, yeah. Devon Meadows. Devon um, Meadows. Good pizzas. Well, I've never had one, but well, um, yeah, I'm is sure. that out of your? Have you had a bad pizza? That, yes, um, <laughs> yes. Is that out of your postcode range, Tim? Um, yeah. Uh, it's a thirty dollars chance. Lock in the door situation for you. Chance, according to um, a few that know things in greyhound racing, because okay. it's a very open race, and uh, the Phoenix tomorrow night's a must-watch. A million dollars to the winner can it's big energy. Crazy. Do it. 
Gee, we hope so. For, well, it'll keep it'll keep me going for twelve months on this well, station. I think yeah, if he wins, yeah, well, it, so it's, well, I've got a vested interest in it. You know. Big energy goes hard down. to get rid of if uh, we win a million dollar race. So, so, anyway, yeah. hey, let's get on to the next race because we've got the Godfather of Perth racing, oh. who's going to join us very soon. You know Bang. who that is? Uh, who? Neville Parnham. Oh, of course. That's, I was going to say Clint Hutchison, but he hasn't been here for a while. But I, I heard when he flew in. Last night, the red carpet was rolled out. It was a bit like coming to America. There'd be a few bars that are uh, battening down the hatches if, uh, if the Hutchbuster's in town. Uh-huh. Uh, let's get on to uh, race number four, um, which is over 1,400 metres. No scratchings at this stage. And running by, I know, has been very confidently selected by a number of good form judges. It's into $2.30. Rumbled again at $6. Long-time dreaming. You alluded to the fact that you're pretty keen on this mm. Paul Prushka runner looking for three in a row. It's the other one in the market at 5 at 50. Are you with long-time dreaming to knock Absolutely. off running by? Absolutely. Yeah, I love I love hearing that, you know, good judges are with running by second up. I know it's, a, it's got ability. It's a nice enough horse. Second up into this race with uh, Dylan Brown, McMonag- McMonagall. It's, it's the best name in a race book at the moment, isn't it? Um, in the saddle. The groundswell of support to that horse, you know what it does? It just has me licking my lips about uh, about long-time dreaming. I think this horse just goes there tomorrow and wins. It's my best of the day tomorrow, I think. Well, Which is saying something in the benchmark, 78, for Phillies and Mares. The best of the day. That's the type, that's the type a of race. Tip, you're still a little tipsy, aren't you? No, no, I, I think th- this horse is going somewhere. I think she's always shown $5. some $5. talent. Always shown some talent. But I think this preparation, she's come into herself and Paul Prusco has her in a very, very happy place. Declan Bates, Barrier 8, she'll sit just off midfield. And when they turn that corner into Caulfield, you'll just, you'll notice, you know, whether you're on running by or any other runner in the race, you'll just notice long-time dreaming just start to loom. And when she lets go, she will go straight past them. Wow. Okay. Confident bet. Very confident. So it's almost a... um and open the shoulders at 5.50? You know what? If you haven't already bought your bataki ham, <laughs> if you haven't got the bataki in the fridge waiting to be glazed on Christmas Day, you could buy... I don't know how big they go with their hams. I don't know what the max size of a bataki is, but you'll be able to buy the, the jumbo edition. There's been a bit of controversy about the bataki hams. Why is that? You might have noticed that, unfortunately, we haven't given uh, a couple of batokis away the last few days oh, no. because... Um, Matt Stewart got hold of the voucher. Oh, no. And he's been going to different premises around he Victoria no, and using the same voucher to claim as many bataki <sighs> hams as he can possibly do. So it's time for an intervention. Whether he's on selling them or he's just got a ham fetish, but the Batokis have been running low, so we need to back a few winners. Uh, And long time dreaming could be the one to give us our Christmas ham and turkey at five dollars fifty. Best bet of the day. Yeah. Race four at Caulfield. I love it. All right, let's get into race number five over fourteen hundred metres, and uh, the market in this race has is it me, Dan Bowman? We were going to have a chat to Danny's gone to the doctors he's had to have an mri so i hope everything's all right with dan but i just wondered whether he wanted to keep the media at bay for is it me because it's in good form three dollar ten favorite uh scratchings in this race take out number 12 others in the market 
Uh, well, outside of the favourite, there's a number. Um, you could go to La Derriere at eight dollars. Uh, La Derriere, named after me. Pink Bow Tie at eight dollars. Uh, Villa seventy nine nine dollars fifty. Um, is it me's? I think the best horse in the race. Sharky was a really good return to form last start uh, at Cranbourne on the soft track. Got to carry a bit of weight. Selene Gaudry takes the claim, but um, it does look a nice race for it tomorrow. Slight tangent. I'll take you back 23 years to school football. Nazareth College versus uh, Padua, Mornington. I was voted. Hang on, what school? Nazareth College. Who was playing fullback? Yeah, <laughs> Lazarus. <laughs> uh, I was voted by the Padua uh, ladies best derriere on the ground. I've got a tukus that you could. We are. Oh, it's, it's an award-winning tukus. We're running behind time. It, it's an outstanding rear need... end. Still sublime, sublime glutes, sublime. Anyway, the derriere. You've been called, you've been called an ass quite a few times. I, yeah, I have been, so but I've also it it's, it's it an you? awarded. It's an awarded ass. I will say that. Uh, is it me at three ten? <laughs> well, could be. Uh, look, this is this is probably a uh, have a pie I'm race. So lucky the SMS machine's not working because I, oh, it would I be blowing people, up. I can hear people throwing things at their radio right now. Um, quick, let's go. Hurry up. Not a not a betting race for me. Pink bow tie was really good to us last start. Uh, it got the job done at Cranbourne with a really solid win. I think you'll remember. Seven bucks was tasty. Just hung on. I think uh, propus, propus, propus. What, how are we saying? How we? What, what, I don't know what we're calling this horse. But first up at Bendigo, I was a little bit sketchy on how it finished. I sent uh, our man Hutch a message and said, "What the hell? What's happened to this horse since it's come back from Hong Kong?" Because as we know, he's dialed right in to all these horses that come back from honkers and he said look it just had one jump out forgive it second up it'll be ready to go well here we are second up uh it's on top for me not with a great deal of confidence uh i don't know what time of day it'll be here in perth when this race is being run but the 15 dollars might 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 get a little bit of mine if i'm on a winning vibe all right, Post so long time five, dreaming the race number four. Number seven, uh, Propice, or Propo, uh, however you want to pronounce it, yeah. $13. Let's quickly... Propus, let's say Propus. Propus. Let's quickly run through this quaddy. We've got about eight minutes to get this done, Sharky. Uh, race number six is through over 2,000 metres. Take out 11, 13, and 14. Uh, the favourite here, Blue Moon, $3.90. Slate yeah. at $6. Uh, give us your quaddy numbers. Who wins the well, first leg? At least Blue Moon looks like it was going somewhere off the back of that Mooney Valley win. You know, it chi- chimed in. There was money for it. Put them away pretty comfortably over a mile first up. It was a solid enough performance. Look, it's had 28 starts. I don't know we can say it's unexposed, but I think we can say Matt Laurie's got it going as well as it's ever gone. Uh, she's the starting point in this race. The rest of them aren't really going anywhere. You're looking at a horse like Blue Cup, third up for Brian McGrath, who's Trying a few different things, you can sort of see that with this horse. Maybe that generates some sort of turnaround with Blue Cup stepping out to 2,000 metres after a couple of uh, sighters at 13 and 1,400 metres. But generally speaking, this is a pretty ordinary race. I can understand why Blue Moon is a supported favourite 
it would be top pick, but you know what? If I haven't had a pie in race four, I'm having one by race five. Um, Sorry, race six. Race six, exactly. All right, so uh, it's not the first league of the quaddy. We're going to take a break because we've got ten races, as we do on a Saturday now, and then we'll come back with the quaddy at Caulfield. Uh, I think he's won four Caulfield Cups, Damien Oliver. We'll be having a chat to him after 11 o'clock with Doremus. Um, very fitting that we played that replay because he was owned by Western Australian interests and uh, it was one of the most famous wins for Damien Oliver. Uh, we're going to have a look at the form for WA after uh, 10 o'clock, but in the build-up to that, we've got the track manager, Brock Neely, with us. And, Brock, uh, great to see you, mate. Um, this would be one of the most... Interesting track manager jobs anywhere in Australia because you race here every week and it never rains. How are you? Uh, tell us what you've done with the track. How much water do you have to put on this Ascot race course? Uh, yeah, over the last few weeks we've probably put on... Oh, most weeks it certainly goes into the 80s. Um, we did have that hot week of um, we, where we had pretty much every day of 40 degrees and we went up, tipped over 100 that week. Um, but, yeah, it's it's constant. Virtually doesn't get a day off irrigation here. Very hot spring for us, unusually. Um, oh, it's always warm in Perth, of course, but unusually hot um, traditionally than than last year especially um, last spring was very a very cool spring and we didn't get a, a warm day until December and this year has been the opposite so tricky conditions. We talk about uh, our tracks in Victoria having to um, overcome a lot of traffic but you race here every week for six months uh, how do you how do you use your rail to try and ensure that the the ground is perfect every week yeah both here and belmont we've got um, we're pretty fortunate we've got pretty wide tracks so we can go out to the 16 meter position here at ascot so we use those wider pads for those midweek race meetings and then yeah it's virtually just true three six nine for the saturdays within reason or true two four and six um and then we just yeah constantly rotate it um obviously with that warmer weather we've got the warm season kikuyu grass in here so we we do get some quick recovery but yeah there's certain areas of the track down the down the middle which um of the home straight which virtually doesn't get any time off at all so yeah you've got to make sure all things are in place to have it um, recovering as quickly as it can be. Rails out four by the last. Are they going to be coming down the outside in Ollie's farewell <laughs> race? I, th- I think so. We've got an easterly breeze in the morning, um, but it's swinging southwesterly um, virtually by race one, So, um, which is traditional for us that uh, horses can run on uh, and do run on a lot better with that southwesterly breeze once that doctor comes in. Easterly is very tricky, so we've got to keep an eye on that and adjust the punting for that breeze conditions. Um, once that easterly drops off and that southwesterly kicks in, yeah, we'll probably have to have that in mind and make some corrections there. That is very good um, knowledge to know, and I'm glad you've emphasised the punting aspect. I'm not sure if you realise we've got great track managers in Victoria, in Melbourne. Uh, a lot of them um, also believe they are very good form judges, but they're not. They're terrible. <laughs> we ask them for a tip every week and they give us nothing. Are you a good tipster, Brock? Can That's... you give us a good thing tomorrow here at Ascot? No. Come I, on. I wouldn't want to do that to you. Give us uh, one. You've been watching track work all morning. We've been, you've been uh, clocking them. We've seen it. Uh, no, I couldn't do give it. Us, so, uh, surely Simon Miller's spruiking his runners. Luke Fernie thinks he's uh, won't get beaten in the first. Give us one horse tomorrow. Let's go Bustler. Yep, Bustler. Know, you <laughs> All right, we, like uh, it. we finally squeezed it out. Bustler <laughs> yeah. to beat Ollie uh, in uh, the Damien Oliver Gold Rush. Uh, Brock, great to meet you, mate. Good luck tomorrow. Well done with the carnival so far. Thanks, guys. Uh, there we go. That is Brock Neely. Uh, good man. Um, 
It is fascinating. The track looks absolutely yeah, it does. Phenomenal. Looks great. We're at yeah. the, the point of the home turn outside uh, at the end of the straight, and it just looks absolutely phenomenal. All right, Sharky, we need to do a scalacci ourselves here for right. the quaddy. We need to... Are we behind time? Just... That's unlike me, to be behind time. Yeah, just meandering your way through the meeting. Uh, race number seven. Meander our way through life. Leg of the quaddy. This is over 1,200 metres. We've got a shorty here, uh, Jambalaya, who the form was franked during the week with a nice mm. win of She's Bulletproof. Um, did touch as short as $1.90. It's now out to $2. Even money for the favourite. Oak Hill at $5. Um, and there's a bit of a spruik for ginger and pink at five dollars and fifty cents as well. Uh, what are we doing first leg of the quaddy? Uh, Jambalaya looks like a horse that's going somewhere. I think we can have a good bet on this horse. Uh, loved the control that he had of that race at Mooney Valley. She's bulletproof. I know the margin wasn't wasn't great when it won its maiden during the week. But ridden up on speed, I think in time it's going to be a horse that will see the best of it coming from a little off the pace, given time to settle and then finish off. It was just, you know, ridden to win the other day. Jambalaya, there's, no, there's nothing in this race when you look through the form and you watch the replays that has won with the command that it won its maiden. I think Oak Hill is the only danger. First start was very good at Kilmore. Tight track didn't suit it. Moody Valley, another tight track, but just that little bit of experience probably helped, powered through the line. They are the only two in the quaddy for me, numbers three and five. Yes, there's winning form around some of the others. There's some horses coming out of Maidens where they look to get the job done, but not with the authority that Jambalaya won and not with the level of improvement that Oak Hill made start All right, so to two. Only two in the quaddy? Yeah, three and five, and three is a bet. Three and five, Jambalaya is a bet. Uh, I do like it that some of our listeners have jumped on uh, Twitter, which is okay, the great. only way you can contact us, uh, unfortunately, at the moment. The SMS machine... Are they down. wanting to chime in so, regarding my... Uh, Lockie says, please tell Sharky to lay off the drink because he's completely delusional today. To think long-time dreaming wins like that, he's the only one dreaming. Uh, Lockie, you're a clubhouse okay. leader for um, Tweet of the Morning. We shall see. Uh, Aaron Bradley also has a very good tweet. Hey, guys, you should be giving horse trainer Naomi Burke a call to be on the show first. Horse trains for first winner at Kyneton yesterday. Highlight the good stories in racing. Now, I'm not sure what they're doing on the Big V a little later, but uh, I totally concur with that, and I would imagine that Nick Foote, who is a man of the people, um, or is it Hoss who's hosting today? I'm not too sure. Um, would be giving Naomi Burke a call because that is an outstanding effort. So, um, well done to Naomi. Burke. Going very well to Nick Foote. He's he's just made that little fill-in slot his own. You know, don't take a day off, Michael's all I'm saying. He's got designs on well, you know the big chair. Have? You know what he does? Station. He's got very good teeth. So anyone with good very teeth. Very good teeth and an abnormal hairline. I'm calling both <laughs> as not the teeth hairline. slash hairline he was born with. I'm and just putting it out there. Do you there. know what? He is a great advertisement for AFL umpires that they are good blokes. Is he an umpire? And are you serious? What? He's an AFL umpire. Is he really? Yes. I didn't know that. Let's get on to the second leg of the quarter. Yeah, you learn something new every day. Eight over fourteen hundred metres. Take out five, twelve, thirteen. Bel Air 
Uh, we had a good push from Sam Freeman earlier in the week. Is at four dollars and twenty cents. Equal favourite with he's handsome. Uh, he's beset. I thought had a good chance as well at five dollars and fifty cents. What are we doing? Race number eight, Sharky. He couldn't get a kick. Is that why an umpire? We're running out of time. Oh, okay, sorry. Well, uh, he's handsome. Is going to get a really, really good run, just as it did last time at Cranbourne behind Jimmy's a star. Uh, that horse was just better than it. You know, there's. There's no two ways about it. It's a, you know, it, it, it's a horse going somewhere. I think he's handsome. It's probably got another grade in it, but not making the same rapid progress. I think the two that uh, we're thinking about in this race, he's beset and he's handsome. The two he's both come out of that race. I think they're your two key runners here. Tasman Park going well. Uh, nice first up run. The other horse that I'm interested in to a degree is Bel Air but I don't know if he's a hundred percent genuine but three four eight and ten of my quaddy numbers don't know if I'm singling one out at this point of the game to bet on I think okay. there are there are higher confidence bets in the race Nick Foote texting me telling me that hosting the big V doesn't pay the mortgage hence the umpiring <laughs> um well, the RSN pay packet could get a boost if um, Big Energy can win tomorrow night because we're all mm. we're all putting our hands up for a Christmas bonus. So just hang in there, Nick. Hang in there. We'll have a chat to Nick Foot. The footnote will join us a little later today with his form for Caulfield because uh, if you want a sober person's view of the Caulfield meeting, hang around for Nick Foot at the moment. What are you insinuating? Uh, second leg of the quaddy. Three, four, eight, and ten. Bell Air Tasman Park. He's handsome and he's beset. To be honest, I, I think you've nailed it. I don't think we need to go wider in the second leg. You say I've been drinking. I don't know. You're calling me nailing, nailing the quaddy so far. Nine, this is a concern. We're going to get this out before the news. Race number nine is over fourteen hundred metres. Uh, no scratchings here. This is an open race. Bermudez is the four dollar sixty favourite. Uh, Alvaro Dente at five dollars fifty. Dubai Pirate five dollars and ton of grit. Who were you spruiking ton of grit first up? I was, um, yeah. No, I was second up well. last week. It was scratched from a wet yeah. track. Uh, Seven dollars. Are you with ton of grit uh, tomorrow? Uh, look, it's in the quaddy. Another tricky race. The, the card sort of seems to get a bit tougher the longer it goes, in my opinion. Dubai Poet number nine. Interesting horse with the blinkers on first time. Good win at Sandown, go back three starts. Lafargue came out of that and won really well at Geelong. Some solid form references out of that race for this sort of grade of race, right? We're not getting too carried away, I don't think, with Dubai Poet. But the blinkers go on. I think the two runs since, maybe around runners, just been a, a touch meek when push comes to shove. You know, I, I want to see some urgency from Dubai Poet. So Blinkers going on hopefully coaxes that out of the horse this weekend. It's the top pick. Not madly confident about it, I will say. I think Gravina is a really good chance coming back from stakes class races, million-dollar races up in the Hunter where it's probably just been that rung off that level. Uh, other hopes, you know, uh, horses like Ton of Grit, etc. They're they're in the game. Just not sure. I'm hugely confident on this race. Bermudez, if there was a sprinkling of rain around, mm. comes right into calculations. Uh, two How four. Doro, any blowout chance? I know hasn't raced much, but. Um, whatever issues it's had, it, it was a pretty good horse when it was at its top. 
Uh, yeah, it was. And in my quaddy numbers, uh, two, four, six, eight, nine are the quaddy numbers. So two, Gravina, four, Bermudez, six, Paldoro, eight, uh, which is our Redonte and the nine Dubai Poet. All right, three leagues through the Caulfield Quaddy. We'll take a quick break for the 10 o'clock news. On the other side of this, we'll get through the last race at Caulfield and then we'll focus on Ollie's farewell. Don't forget Damien Oliver joining us live after 11 o'clock. Welcome back to Friday Form Focus. We're live from the West at Ascot, building up to Damien Oliver's farewell ride tomorrow. Ollie, the goat himself, will join us just after 11 o'clock. Neville Parnham, the godfather of WA racing, godfather. will be here in the next five minutes as well. We've got one more race to look at, Caulfield, the last league of the quaddy, and then we'll get stuck into some of the Perth races. And we'll also have Nick Foote along to give us a... Uh, analysis of the weekend as far as he's concerned. And it's three meetings in Victoria today. Huge day. Double header during the, uh, uh, or I should say at night time with Cranbourne and Mooney Valley. And then we've got a meeting today as well. And there's some big breaking news which has just come through, Sharky. Mm. And that is in regards to Jamie Carr. Uh, we have now got finally, after a long drawn out period, um, the finalisation of the white powder saga and I'm pleased to say for Jamie Carr that the charges against her um, relating to bringing racing into this uh, repute prejudicial image of racing has been dismissed. So Jamie Carr, the charges against her have been dismissed. That will be of huge relief to Jamie Carr. Uh, it's been a six-month saga since that photo emerged. Um, I believe uh, that Ruby uh, McIntyre, who was the stable hand involved in that, um, the charges have been um, sustained against her. So she has been charged with bringing racing into disrepute uh, or prejudicial image of racing. But Jamie Carr... Uh, has had those charges dismissed. She's got a good book of rides at Caulfield tomorrow, so that is big news. I'm sure there'll be more on that. We'll talk about it on Monday on the verdict mm -hmm. as well. All right, Sharky, let's get into the last race at Caulfield. Uh, race number 10, over 1,200 metres. Uh, this is a very tricky way to finish the day. Um, Kin's still waiting to get into the field, and it is the favourite at $4.60, but there are a number of horses in the market here. How do we end the day? Really, really tough end of the day. I like number seven, Prowling. I think just coming back a shade in class from two listed races. Look, arguable how deep those listed races were behind Hypothetical and then Ganati last time in the Dufton Stakes. But finding the line well and with purpose in both of those runs. Daniel Moore back on. Uh, I just think Prowling's probably got more raw talent than most of these. And it's, it sounds weird for a horse that's had 21 starts, but I still think there's a there's a grade or two left in, in prowling. You know, we might see him in a race like, uh, what's the, the New Year's sprint? The Standish? Yeah, might see him in a race like that uh, over the, the next fortnight. Prowling, for me, Really, really tricky race away from that. Prancing Spirit's going so well for Philip Stokes. Uh, Mr. Exclusive is a horse with good ability, and we've seen him. dollars Mr. Exclusive. Yeah, we've seen him in good races over the journey. Lafargue was a good winner. We talked about her earlier on. Uh, she was a good winner at Geelong, going back a couple of starts. Jungle Jim, I think, can improve. It's a really, really tough race, this one. 
Um, the Rama Ruffy this morning was Boldino from Mark Hunter. Okay, yeah. Uh, Boldino's won three of its last four. It doesn't make it into my quaddie, but if you're a Rama Ruffy follower, by all means, uh, so what are you doing? slide in there. Uh, who are you backing in the last? Uh, look, Prowling? Prowling at 9.50, okay. I think, is a solid each-way bet to end your day. Uh, quaddie numbers, two, Maximilius, five, Kentucky Casanova, Seven prowling, and then we're going ten jungle gym and seventeen kin if it gets into the yep. race. So two Maximilius, five Kentucky Casanova, seven prowling, ten jungle gym, and seventeen if the first emergency kin gets a run. So Sharky's Quaddy, just recapping three five first leg into three four eight and ten in the second leg. The third leg, two, four, six, eight, nine, and we come home the tough end of the quaddy, two, five, seven, mm. ten, and seventeen. All right, Sharknado, let's uh, switch our attention over to the West because uh, this is the meeting that holds the most interest for all racing fans tomorrow, and it is the Damien Oliver Gold Rush, the feature, which will be on air, Melbourne time, 8.32. So... Um, it's going to be a long, to bed. long day of punting. And punt. 